I was at home alone and I was walking into the bathroom, I had my cell phone in my hand, fortunately, and I and I found myself surprisingly falling to the floor. I was gradually shifting my body weight and everything. I couldn't do anything about it, but I felt myself. For some reason, I had the feeling that I was having a stroke. Nobody in my family, as far as I know, has ever had the stroke. My right side was, I I couldn't move very much. And I had my cell phone, and I had one of these buttons on it where you press it in case, I see E, in case you have an emergency. The operator answered, and I said, help. I said, I, I'm something's wrong. I, could, I couldn't hardly speak. I had to slow it down and talk like this because I could barely get it out. Apparently, they, they told my girlfriend that I'd be fortunate if I lived. I remember very faintly coming to consciousness, and apparently that was about a week later. So my right side was, I, I couldn't speak initially at all. My right side was, at the time, completely paralyzed. I mean, it's like you drew a line down the middle of my body. It was, my left side was functional, my right side wasn't. When I had the stroke, I was definitely overweight. I was over 200, I think, so like 220, which I'd never been before. And uh, there's a lot of commotion in my family. My, my mother was in bad, bad shape. I just come back from Boston visiting her, and it wasn't that long after that that she passed away, in fact. I was full of anxiety at this point in my life. It had been that long since I'd been divorced. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. A study in 2020 found that music therapy sessions had a positive effect on the neurorehabilitation of acute stroke patients as well as enhancing their mood. It was also found that playing physical instruments and digital instruments via an iPad helped patients with hand rehabilitation, improving finger dexterity and cognitive training. In this episode, we hear from Billy Etheridge, originally from Mississippi, now living in California, who suffered a stroke at the age of 59. I'd been working in the financial field, set up credit card systems for major banks and did consulting work with that. That's the sort of work I was doing. Also, for a number of years before that, I'd worked in the music business. I was a singer-songwriter. And there might have been writing, which I'm sort of returning to now, but those were sort of two unrelated things I was doing, music and, and finance. <laughs> I have two grown daughters, and uh, one of them is a writer, and the other is uh, a yoga instructor. <laughs> I was at home alone, and I was walking into the bathroom. I had my cell phone in my hand, fortunately, and, I've, and I found myself surprisingly falling to the floor. I was gradually shifting my body weight and everything. I I couldn't do anything about it, but I felt myself. For some reason, I had the feeling that I was having a stroke. Nobody in my family, as far as I know, has ever had the stroke. I was certainly having one, and I was in the bathroom, and I fell to the the floor. My right side was, I I couldn't move very much. And I had my cell phone, and I had one of these buttons on it where you press it in case, I see E, in case you have an emergency. The operator answered, and I said, help. I said, I, I'm, something's wrong. I, could, I couldn't hardly speak. I had to slow it down and talk like this because I could barely get it out. She confirmed with me my street address, and the next thing I knew I was but barely conscious. I was still conscious, but there were people knocking on my doors. They ended, ended up having to 
actually it's my girlfriend's house I was in, they literally broke down the front door. I mean, smashed a good part of it. They came and took me to, it wasn't too far, probably about two or three miles to a pretty good hospital. That's how I ended up in the hospital. I don't remember anything except for, for about a, a week after that. Apparently, they, t- they told my girlfriend that I'd be fortunate if I lived. I remember very faintly coming to consciousness, and apparently this was about a week later. So my right side was, I, I couldn't speak initially at all. The right side was, at the time, completely paralyzed. I mean, it's like you, you drew a line down the middle of my body. It was, it was My left side was functional, my right side wasn't. And all sorts of cognitive problems Pretty quickly, over two or three weeks, I got where I could talk reasonably well. My body temperature was off the charts. Most of my life, I've been in real good shape. I was not in good shape then. I weighed more than I ever had. I've been, as an adult, 6'1". Most of my life is about 175, 180. And I was always an athlete. But now, when I had the stroke, I was definitely overweight. I was over 200, I think, something like 220, which I'd never been before. And uh, there's a lot of commotion in my family. My my mother was in bad bad shape. i just come back from Boston visiting her. And it wasn't that long after that that she passed away, in fact. I was full of anxiety at this point in my life. It hadn't been that long since I'd been divorced. My daughters were pretty young. I was just full of anxiety, I'll tell you that, and I was overweight. Billy worked hard to improve his physical and mental health. I tried doing everything that the doctor said to do. I systematically lowered my blood pressure. I was very fortunate I had people around me, uh, my immediate, my girlfriend, who was really helpful, and uh, a number of good friends. I forever am grateful for having uh, good good friends who would check with me or, or some of them would come by and see me. And I found I was motivated by going with a friend of mine who went to a local rehab center. He's a very spiritual guy and talked to people who had strokes and, and different causes. In other words, by helping other people, I help myself. I know, I know that's the case. I worked rigorously on my diet. Since I've had the stroke, I haven't even had a a head cold. I still have the effects of the stroke on my, my right side of my body, and it it, it, it affects me in, in several different ways. But I haven't been sick in a different way. Like you know, like I said, I haven't even had a head cold since then. And I've been very particular, other than the, the occasional eating, eating a piece of candy or something. But basically, my my diet has been well taken care of. I've been, been basically a pescatarian. In other words, I eat vegetarian, except probably a couple of times a week I'll eat some fish. I'd say about five or six days a week I go out and walk for anywhere from 30 minutes to uh, occasionally an hour. I try to f- do the best I can in terms of walking uh, properly, the, though I know what it should look like. It, it's uh, I still can't r- walk like a quote-unquote a healthy or a normal person because my right side is still considerably paralyzed. When I was a child from the local YMCA, I started taking uh, judo lessons from this uh, Japanese engineer at the YMCA. He taught me also some things about meditation, which are are very important to me now. So the combination of judo and meditation really helped, helped me. So just that discipline has really helped I'm sure it would help with anything. If it, it would have to be necessary judo, but some physical awareness. And so, uh, you know, watching myself internally through diet and externally through exercise, put that together, 
my body weight now is about 173, 175, and it's pretty constant around that area. I feel pretty confident that that's, that's really helped my health overall. Coming up, Billy talks about the power of music and healing. When I sing a song, it definitely lifts me up. I did ended up just singing with some friends at different local places where you could go and sing one night. It took me a little time to, to clamber up on stage, but I'd sit down in a chair and I could sing a song. That definitely would help my, my mood <laughs> and uh, my state of mind. And offering advice and support. Help other people. Sometimes it's real easy to help other people, but a few comments make them, especially if you've had a stroke and you're talking to a family, family member or somebody else had a stroke, they see something positive coming out from you that'll impact them. And it, 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 you never know how, how much or how little, as far as that goes, but you never really know how much you impact somebody. Let's hear how Billy got involved with helping other stroke survivors. This one gal I've known for a while, she called me, this is a good example, and I knew her through other sources. She and her brother and sister had a father who was like 90 years old at the time, I think. He's passed on since then. They had talked with his doctor and some nurses and got good feedback, but as one of them said, not angrily, said it's really hard to see what, what they should do with him because uh, medical staff is very busy and so forth. So with a big, big cautionary note from me that I'm not a doctor, <laughs> I'm not a medical professional, I've done a lot of sports-related things, and I've done a lot of reading and so forth, said, here's the sort of questions I would ask a doctor about. We talked for about a half an hour in that meeting, and a few days later, I think about two, two or three days later, they called me, and they said, how helpful that had been. They, they had good doctors, but they weren't sure what to do, you know, what they could do to, ha- to actually help. That's what they, they didn't want to interfere. They didn't want to try to be doctors. They wanted, they wanted to make sure they can support their father's healing. And that's the perspective I, I took from it. And since that, that time, I've done an enormous amount of reading and talk, I've talked with doctors from uh, different parts of the world even. I got a lot of friends at uh, University of California, San Diego, where I went to graduate school. I would occasionally, you know, ask them something. I would give them some idea of what questions as a, as a family member for them to ask the doctor, uh, their own doctor, the patient's doctor, what sort of questions or what sort of things should they do Occasionally, I'd find a good article that was written by a medical doctor or somebody specialist in strokes and refer that, that article to them. So very careful about what I'd, what I'd say, but not nervous, but I'd just be, be real careful and focus on the basic things like a healthy diet. I'd ask them, well, what, what sort of food do they eat? What does, your, what does your doctor tell you? Emphasize who follow his or her instructions. Billy turned to music to help lift his mood. My family is full of musicians. I wrote music, and I, I used to play guitar. I can't play guitar because my right side is just—I I have no control of it. But I play guitar, and a, a pretty serious harmonica player. As a matter of fact, one of the re- rehabilitation places I was in, there was a singer there. He was, he was singing a song that I'd written. He didn't, didn't even know that. When I sing a song. It definitely lifts me up. I did ended up just singing with some friends at different local places where you could go and sing one night. It took me a little time to, 
to clamber up on stage, but I'd sit down in a chair and I could sing a song that definitely would help my, my mood <laughs> and uh, my state of mind. There's certainly many articles about, about the impact of, of music uh, on strokes. You don't have to be a, a professional musician to get a lot out of it. You can be anybody, whether you're singing or plucking on a piano or guitar or whatever. I'm confident it makes a difference. Just doing what you can to help other people, get getting outside of my own head. Sometimes it just helps anybody, me, you, anybody else, to have somebody that really cares at all about what's going on, even if even if you don't have a lot to say. I know I've been on the receiving end uh, for, for, for a hand, handful of people, especially, who have been incredibly thoughtful to me, and it, it motivates you, makes it's motivated me. I think, and I've heard other people say similar things about it motivating themselves by doing whatever it takes to be simply helpful to another person or thoughtful or just made it clear that you actually care about what what is going on. And certainly if you had a stroke, you can say, I, I, I get how difficult it is. If they have a family member that had a, a stroke, you can honestly say that you, you get it, <laughs> you know how difficult it was. There, there was a, a, a group that I used to go to at a local hospital. There were the family members and, uh, and patients of stroke victims, and it really impacted me going there regularly and hearing what the stories people had to say, as diverse as they were. One thing I, I definitely learned is I, I, I would be surprised if, if anybody would argue with it. Maybe they, if they can, they can. But as diverse as strokes are, there's the commonality of it. When you have some of your physical capabilities you're trying to keep going, certainly initially you can't do things you used to do. And it's also, also exciting when you join a group like that because you see people make amazing upgrades to their state of health. About a year ago, I co-sponsored. I was one of the founding members of a nonprofit organization it's just getting going. It's called the Brain Body Research Institute, and the two really gifted scientists are doing a lot of a lot of work. They've done work that was on a television program in Australia, so forth. Being part of that, I'm getting a lot of information from the scientists who are doing it. Also, a lot of hope from different people. They've done work that help a lot of people. So this is an actual licensed nonprofit organization. And here's Billy's advice for other stroke survivors. Pay attention to what your doctor's saying. So I know some people, they feel overwhelmed with it, but uh, there, there's help out there. And if you're willing to listen to th- things and do simple things like try to move, whether walking out, walking out, I don't mean running. I mean, if you can move, get some sort of exercise, however, however minimal it seems like, follow the physical therapist. And help other people. Sometimes it's real easy to help other people, but a few comments make them, especially if you've had a stroke and you're talking to a family family member or somebody else had a stroke, they see something positive coming out from you. It'll impact them. and You never know how, how much or how little, as far as that goes, but you never really know how much you impact somebody. I've had, I, I have untold comments from people after I've talked with them or their family, it really uh, feels good when you hear have people say thank you for, for just being so upbeat and giving it one. Sometimes one little simple suggestion will be real helpful. 
As well as continuing with his recovery, Billy has just about finished writing a book about his experience. It's going to be called Labyrinth of a Stroke. Watch out for it. And thank you for listening and supporting Stroke Stories. Please do recommend the podcast to anybody you think it will help. And if you've got a story you can share, we'd love to hear it. Please contact us via our DMs, which are always open, on Twitter and Instagram. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. <laughs>